0: Welcome in to another episode of the Marvel Guys podcast. And as always, I am your host, Jordan. On my left is my co-host, Spencer. And you all have been invited to our Spider-Man extravaganza review, recap, everything you want to call it and more. This is a spoiler review if you have not seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Please find the nearest exit and go check out the movie. It is a great experience. But we are here to talk to those that have seen it and want to discuss everything that did happen. It was a lot of fun and we uh we just saw it last night. So we are fresh off of the excitement and ready to go all in on this. So if you are still with us, I hope by now you are somebody who has seen the episode or the, the movie and is now joining us for this awesome review episode. Wow. Yeah. We made it. We made it. It was it was incredible.
1: Oh my gosh, yeah. This uh, last chance for people who don't want to be spoiled, but um, yeah, this was, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but uh, this to me was like the best Marvel movie. I think I may have ever seen. Um, at least it's really it's it's up there. At least it just depends on the weather, of the day that I'm picking. I guess on what my favorite Marvel movie is, but it's it's definitely in the conversation for like top three, top two movies that they've ever done. So, um, uh, yeah, this this was awesome.
0: It was such a good movie-going experience. Uh, It was right up there with Endgame as far as, like, payoff and emotion, Mm. uh, excitement, pain, story. There was just so much going for it. And it was really a culmination of three separate series of Spider-Men. And it gave not a ton of energy towards anything else uh, in Marvel. You know, it was really Spider-Man centered and everything we grew up watching with Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and ultimately Tom Holland really peaked and hit its crescendo in this movie, giving us the sequel that we never got to the original Spider-Man that we all, you know, kind of wanted at different points in time. Mm. We never got a Spider-Man 4, even though it was... All but confirmed for Tobey Maguire. And, you know, The Amazing Spider Man kind of got shut down uh, before it could get its legs off the ground. And we got redeeming qualities in this movie for both of those series. And we got, you know, moments that brought us back to emotional times within those movies. But we did get a wonderful story centered around Tom Holland's Spider-Man, yeah. his Peter Parker. And it was able to be something where, even if you weren't a Spider-Man fan coming into it and you hadn't seen the previous movies, you could follow along, there was a story to be told, it made sense, and you know you could be there. But if you really wanted the full experience of this one, it was about a lot of payoffs that we've seen in the previous movies.
1: Yeah. And like we talked about with Tom Holland, like on the preview, we we needed to see a lot from him. And I don't know how you're feeling about it, but I feel like we got everything that we really wanted from this. And now we're leading in the direction with this Tom Holland Spider Man really being uh way better. Like way better. Because we we talked about this in the preview that the first two Spider-Man movies weren't really that great as far as Spider-Man movies go. Because they don't really center around him. It's their extensions of Tony Stark's storyline. In my opinion. Uh, But this movie was, yeah, it was definitely centered around the Tom Holland Spider-Man. You get payoffs with the other characters, but it's ultimately still his movie. And it's his story. And it's him fighting these battles, and that is exactly what we wanted to see. Like, yes, we got the team up stuff, but it wasn't like overwhelming, you know, like that Toby or Andrew was supremely better. yeah, they had more screen time than Doctor. Strange, which is what we wanted. um so, yeah, man, this was fantastic, absolutely fantastic.
0: There was just so much that went right with this thing. Yeah. Um, We got so many, so many payoffs that we could have never imagined we would have gotten a few years ago. Um, I mean, I, you know, I went into the movie basically 80, 75, 80% knowing Toby and Andrew are going to be in it. But my, my brain said it'll be a hat nod. Or tip of the cap, I should say, and a nod to them as, you know, cameos and and Peter Parker's in their own right, and that would be it. But they they had their own stories and they were heavily involved in this movie, which was awesome. I mean, yeah, you, you couldn't have imagined that um a, a while back. So we we got three different Spider Man movies within one film and that's just cool first of all that's just fun exciting we got the peter parker tom holland facing the most adversity he's ever had to face before by far and dealing with it quite well and he showed his strength in this movie more so than we've ever seen before yeah he showed that there is some darkness within him that can fester and you know he he went after Green Goblin with a viciousness we've never seen out of his character uh he took a beating from many people but mostly uh Green Goblin and and Norman Osborn that we we haven't seen before and so we saw it from both angles and he lost his you know Aunt May and we got the moment that basically you know, we didn't get the uncle story, mm-hmm. but we did get the aunt story. So that was pretty cool. We got uh, a long term re- reverse, you know, card because it wasn't in the first movie. It wasn't in the origin story of the Spider Man that we know, but it was ultimately his compass, his north star, that every Spider Man is supposed to have. And now moving forward we're gonna get a Spider-Man who knows who he is, knows why he's doing what he's doing, and is Spider-Man approved, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Um, and man, like those scenes, I, I said this in the preview as well, that like what really hurts about those two movies and is that you, you know that Tom Holland is capable of giving you exactly the kind of story that you want from a Spider-Man character. And so when we got to those types of scenes, like you already knew he was going to crush it. You know what I mean? Like given the opportunity to, to portray that darker side to portray lots and, and all of that, like, yeah, no brainer that he would be able to crush it. And, my goodness, man, I just can't say enough about this movie. Like uh we we did get a lot wrong. There was no way that you could ever predict it. And let's talk about the fact that like the trailer had so out. many fake outs. Yeah. Uh Doctor Strange Well, I I wanna know what his total time in the movie was, but it felt like it was like less than ten minutes. Like outside of the fight scene. He did talk for a little while, so maybe it was around 10 minutes. Well, the, he
0: was he but was walking around the Sanctum Santorum. Sanctum Santorum for probably more than 10 minutes just talking in his own right there. Yeah, um, but it wasn't
1: very much, not much. Well, his like thought.
0: actual impact on the storyline ultimately wasn't as big as we thought because here's the big thing that the whole trailer was based on a screwed up spell that ended up going you know wrong but the spell was never even completed Yeah, (laughs) the spell that we saw in the trailer never truly happened so it wasn't that everybody forgot he was Peter Parker and you know now it's bringing in people from different realities and all this stuff that never happened until the very end and it was not even it was totally different and so when you have the trailer telling you that this movie is about everybody not knowing who Peter Parker is, that gives you so many storylines to think of. But then when you see, you're waiting in the movie for him to like complete it and, and it goes awry. And, and then he's like, I contained it. <laughs> and I'm like, what do you mean you contained it? Wait a second. Where's everybody else gonna come from? But apparently it was like fixing a leaky faucet, but there's still a drip. You know, like, like he fixed it, but it's still in the ways that it was um, not contained. There was a tiny little leak where it was like, oh, it's not that everybody will forget that he's Spider-Man and everything. It's that anybody who knows who is Spider-Man or or knows Spider-Man is Peter Parker will just kind of randomly show up in the series. And so it it was uh, from the jump. They're like. Oh, you don't know anything about this movie. Yeah. You might exactly. have thought you did. Yeah. But you don't. And so that was great. I loved that. Me too. That was the same thing the end game did to us. I mean, they so often in Marvel, they just throw you into a trailer and they go, have fun with six to nine months figuring this one out. And then the first scene or two, five years later. And you're like, wait a second. What right. are you talking about five years later? And yeah. you get to Spider Man. It's like, well, that would have been a disaster had I not contained it, you know, and it's like what is going on around here? So Yeah. The the general idea still played out how we thought it would. Um, but the actual specific storyline was just like snipped immediately and we got a little bit of a different battle between Doctor Strange and Spider-Man that we ever thought, which created fantastic um scenes.
1: Oh my gosh, those were Yeah. Hey, I- any scene that has Doctor Strange fighting anybody is immediately like an S tier, God tier scene in the MCU. I, I could fight anybody about this every day, because Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange scenes are just phenomenal, absolutely incredible. Yeah, and can, we, can
0: we get a round of applause for Tom Holland's Peter Parker, Spider Man, winning a one on one with Doctor Strange? Right, and using Who could have math, seen that coming. Using math to do it. What a in the
1: mirror dimension. In the mirror dimension. It was wow. incredible. Good wow. for him.
0: And he was dodging every hit while being in the astral plane. Like this yeah. was a very, very strong Spider Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh
1: and I mean let's talk about a few other things here that we get in this movie. Like really early on. You get like this idea that Doctor Strange isn't even the sorcerer supreme anymore. It's now Wong because for five years he was blipped. In that amount of time, Wong becomes sense. the yeah Sorcerer Supreme, and so there's that. And then uh, probably the biggest one, uh, you said it made me almost do a cartwheel over the guy in front of us, but uh, uh, we get Matt Murdock, like I already within forgot. the first. <laughs> there's
0: so much going on in yeah, this movie within the first oh, like 15
1: minutes of the movie. I, I, he's the lawyer. He's, he's the lawyer. Uh, and you get a really cool scene with the brick being thrown through the window right. and he just catches it and none of them and know he has powers or anything. None of them all know. Of a he they they catches just a brick. Yeah, they just know him as a lawyer and Pete's like, "How did you do that?" Right. Like <laughs>
0: But they also yeah. like react in the way that a superhero would react, like, "Oh." Huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. like, "Oh my god." Yeah. You know. Man, so what
1: funny. a what a reveal. I mean, I had the sense that this was coming,
0: but... Yeah, I made all the sense in the world that this would be the one to, yeah, to show it.
1: because he you knew that he would need a lawyer. And you called this one. Yeah, you knew, you knew that he would need a lawyer at, at some point going forward. Uh, and it just made sense. We're not going to give you Daredevil, but we will give you Matt Murdock as the lawyer, which will set up
0: a potential Daredevil movie down the line or whatever, so... Man, that the day after the Kingpin reveal, we were talking about that. It's two yeah. days, and we got Kingpin and Daredevil. Yeah, back to back days.
1: I'm definitely feeling like going back and rewatching the Daredevil series now. Again. <laughs> <laughs> so, Let's see uh, you in a week. Yeah, right. Uh, But man, what what a reveal! I I could not be like more happy with with that. Like it, even if we didn't get Tom like. To, uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. My goodness, that reveal in itself was big enough for me to like really move things forward. You know, like, it, and it's such a small scene. Like he's
0: only on screen for like less yeah, I mean, than a minute. Yeah, it's not relevant to the movie. No, it has no relevance it's to the movie. Just, it's the same thing as like the Miles Morales thing. Yeah, it had no impact on the actual movie. But you're like, oh, right. What's next?
1: Yeah, yeah. So.
0: Oh my gosh! You know what I gotta say? Justice for Wong. He got so much hate for dipping out on the Avengers to go back to the Sanctum Sanctorum, but that man was carrying for five years as the Sorcerer Supreme, defending yeah. the universe, yeah, and all of time. And they thought he just wanted to go back and eat cheese, you know, in his in his office.
1: Dude, I'm gonna lay this on you up. too, for 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 Wong and and why people should not be sleeping on this I mean think about this for a second right like Dormammu is a being Thanos wipes out half of all of beings right so there's no way of telling if Dormammu was snapped out of existence imagine in a world in which Doctor Strange is now blipped the guy who made the pact with Dormammu who's blipped now Wong has to defend everything for five years Imagine if Dormammu wasn't blipped.
0: Dormammu was probably not blipped because it wasn't half of all the universe. It was half of every planet. Yeah. And Dormammu in his own way is like his own planet, you know? Yeah. So he's the one of one. Can't half, unless he lost like four tentacles or something. (laughs) Yeah,
1: right. But uh, yeah, the, the, the possibilities for what Wong had to endure for five years, it's crazy. So crazy. Um, let's get into some other stuff though, because I'm really, really excited for some some stuff here. Uh, we have Ned taking a more prominent role in this movie uh, because he has the uh, like rings that Doctor Strange wears, so it allows him I'm access to very magic. Very
0: curious if maybe his family history has yeah. some sort of um, magic in it, because a lot of the un- under the what would you call them like the warriors um are of some sort of Asian descent mm-hmm. within the sorcerers, you know, area. So I wonder if there's some actual connection previously for his family that will come up later.
1: What I do want to also say. I get the feeling and I'm just going to lay this out there because we have three more movies with Tom Holland, Spider-Man. So that's three more movies with Ned and MJ potentially as well. Uh We had this little scene with the three Peter Parkers and Ned and I believe it was Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man that's like, you know, hey, I had a best friend and I lost him. Or no, it was Toby. He died in my arms, stuff like that. Yeah. And it was a throwaway kind of a scene, very comical, very funny. But I think there's some longevity and some maybe some truth into this, because if Wong or if... uh, Ned has any kind of abilities. I think we be, we could be going into a direction where he becomes like Hobgoblin or somebody like that down the line. Could be. And uh, if that's the case, like, I mean, think about how crazy this is going to be because of how it ends, yeah. how the movie ends. They could take oh.
0: an interest in MJ and that would be the start of a yeah. long journey.
1: Yeah I mean there's a possibility now where Ned and MJ are in a relationship and like we talked about this last night for just a small little bit but like there's also a possibility now that we get a Gwen Stacy character in this next trilogy that maybe has a love interest in Peter Parker but Peter Parker still is obsessed with MJ and because he's the only one that remembers
0: this now so the biggest threat to this Spider-Man franchise, is the relationship between Tom Holland and Zendaya, in yes, my opinion, yes. Because if they break up, that makes things really awkward on set, and I don't know how much longer they would keep her around. Yeah, I just it's it's hard to imagine, and I don't know, you know, maybe they'll get married, but what are the chances? Right. So that makes me a little bit nervous. Yeah, it does actually. Um, I don't know. We'll see, but it it definitely I think it helps with the the scenes because, um, Kirsten never looked like absolutely in love with Toby and Emma, I don't know. I never yeah. felt the the love between them, but it was a long time coming for uh, Tom and Zendaya's characters to truly like show the vulnerability and the love for each other. And mm. this movie finally, again, kind of gives us that moment more than we've gotten in the past. Yeah, for sure. So that was cool. Uh, their acceptance of not being able to remember each other was pretty nice. And it just man, when when Peter is not able to be recognized by anybody, his like stoicness, I guess, about the whole thing is really interesting because he's not telling anybody anything. He just kind of wants his anonymity. Yeah. Um, and then like f- five times he looked like he was going to say something to, um, MJ, at the counter. And he just didn't, for some reason. And there's got to be some reason behind that that is going to explain this in the future. So I think he may not want to threaten her safety again. Like he loves her so much that he doesn't want to even bring her into his life. He'd rather her thrive from a distance. Yeah. Um. Or he's just literally playing a long, long game of like, well, if I get to know her again and we can you know, eventually date, or maybe she does have a, but like, I don't know where his mind is at, but there's a lot of different places you could go with it.
1: I think it's easy to say, I think that he's purely doing this out of protecting her and Ned, because the one of the underlying themes of this movie too is that their relationship with him has cost them a lot. Like, it cost them scholarship or uh, being able to attend MIT. And, you know, obviously he kind of helped fix that. But it was them knowing who knowing Peter being friends with Peter that prevented them from getting into MIT. And I think when you're looking at this scene again and you're seeing him kind of look at Ned and look at her and see where they're at. It's almost like, oh, they're doing really well and they're going to do really well without me. And this is going to be hard for me to handle and it's going to be hard for me to deal with. But that's my burden, you know, like, so I think he's kind of looking at this like, let me just stay out of their lives for the moment. You know, our our paths will cross at some point again. And I'm sure, you know, at some point things will come to light, I think, in this series. But it's going to be like more long game type type thing. For sure.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, because I, I don't, I don't think, think they have a script yet. So, no. I mean, uh, not a script, but I don't think they have their structure of a storyline yet, so they're probably just leaving it open for yeah what they want to do.
1: Yeah, but I think that going that route makes probably the most sense because now in this next movie that we see, you're going to have him dealing with that, like dealing with him still having memories and flashbacks with MJ and Ned and wanting to do things with Ned, who's his best friend, but he doesn't have that anymore. Um,
0: it gives him free rein to do anything they want. Yeah,
1: it really does. And so we're gonna have a, a very interesting next trilogy. Uh, and it's kind of like this, this like new Tom Holland Spider-Man that we're gonna see. Like it's a very new thing for him. Definitely, because it's like now he truly is alone. Like he doesn't have May. He doesn't have Happy. He doesn't have anything, any kind of alliance with anyone. Uh, And let's get to this real quick, too, because this was a question I think that you had leaving the theater. Um, And I think it's definitely been answered the more I think about it. Uh, We get the scene where like uh, Happy doesn't even know who he is. Mm hmm. And the placement of the next scene is crucial to answering your question because your question, I think, was like, how is anybody going to know Spider-Man at all?
0: Well, my question is, he fought with the Avengers. Yeah. So if he just, like, shows up in his Spider-Man outfit, like, that's, are they just going to be like, what's up, Spider-Man? Yeah. Like, do they remember fighting alongside Spider-Man or do they just completely... misremember everything about Tom Holland's Peter Parker like no I don't know
1: I think that this is actually answered because the very next scene is J. Jonah Jameson talking about Spider-Man whereas the entire movie has been talking about how Peter Parker Spider-Man but this time he's still talking about the menace known as Spider-Man so Spider-Man is still known Oh, Spider-Man yeah. is still known yeah. as an Avenger. Spider-Man is still known as everything that he's done. It's just that there's no Peter Parker that's attached to it. So, like, yeah, yeah, if he shows up to with the Avengers, they're
0: gonna know who
1: he is. They're just not gonna know that he's Peter Parker. Okay, they're not but, gonna know that part of it.
0: Yeah, see, that doesn't answer anything for me because my question is really, who do they think they fought with? Like, what is in their brain for nothing? Yeah, it's but that just a guy. Mean anything to it's me. just
1: It's just Spider-Man.
0: Like, it's not... That's way deeper than what they've addressed so far, though. Because it's like, if they don't... Like, they know everybody they fight with. They would think something's weird if they can't remember who they fought with. Like, that's... It just goes a lot deeper than anything they answered within this film, um, which is their choice to address in the future. But to me, it just doesn't compute for, like, okay, Falcon is aware he fought hand-in-hand with a guy he liked to talk to that was Spider-Man, but doesn't know his name, but does he know his face? Does he know? Like, I'm just, I'm so deep in, in thinking of something that they're not even thinking about right now, but in the future will be addressed in different ways. I think it just depends on the director that takes over the screenwriters for how exactly they want to address it. So I, that's I where my it's... head's at, because I get that they know it's, it's Spider-Man, but not Peter Parker. Yeah. But the the idea of, like, no human has a, a memory that works the way that they're trying to present that. You know? Like, if somebody, if you hang out with somebody, and then they put a mask on, if you forget that they're that person, do you forget the memories of being with a person? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the the levels of memory loss. I'm trying to figure out where it's at.
1: It's uh they've already kind of dealt with this too with Captain Marvel and the Eternals as far as like memories are concerned. So like and when you're dealing with magic, you're also dealing with stuff that we can't comprehend. So like we there's no real magic, you know what I mean? So like with them, they can they have freedom to do it with with this whatever they want to yeah, do. No doubt. But it's my understanding that Basically, what you're going to have is the Avengers are going to have a basically like kind of like a face without a name type situation. They're not going to really probably think about it too much deeper than that because they're just going to see him as a vigilante. They're just going to see him as a guy that helps. They don't really need to know his true identity. They just know that he's a good guy and a good fighter. And that's it. And I think that's kind of where they're going to leave off with it for the moment. Because I think that at some point, obviously, I think at some point his identity will resurface to certain people. Um, there's also, you know, we we we've been talking about this a little bit too, you know, with people like Val, people like Nick Fury that seem to know way more than they should. Yeah. There's also a possibility of like somebody like Nick Fury coming back because we got that reveal too that Nick Fury's been in space this entire time right you know so uh there's possibility that you know the spell worked and you know maybe there's still some sort of information leak maybe there's still some sort of thing that's you know beneficial because it seems like too like maybe Val does have some sort of power you know like, like she intuition you mean yeah like she knows way more than she should know and so uh, you know, unless Bruce Banner is leaking all this information, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it well, doesn't, has
0: been terrible at keeping his identity a secret in, and yeah. in general.
1: Yeah. So yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot going on, but I, for me seeing that J Jonah, J Jonah Jameson scene really kind of helped kind of piece that together for me. Like I was like, kind of just like, Oh, okay. So like, they know that it's Spider-Man. They don't know who Peter Parker is because, Let's face it, there's like, what, maybe two people from the Avengers team that actually knew that Spider-Man was Peter Parker to begin with? Like, the you had Doctor Strange and Iron Man. Well, they were all at a few the others. funeral. And so, well, that too. Uh, but it wouldn't have been... You can't automatically assume that he's just going to go around telling everybody he's Spider-Man either, because it's kind of like his funeral. Well, they're going to
0: know who's at the funeral. It's yeah, but he, was he was could just be like, like oh, I'm Peter,
1: you know, whatever. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a weird conversation to have too. Like well, it's <laughs> at just, Iron Man's funeral, it's like, oh, who's this guy? It's like, oh, I'm Peter. You know, whatever. Yeah, that's, that's about it.
0: Just the whole thing is it's but, kind of irrelevant right now because the Avengers are not. They're not a active. Thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But to, the reason that the Jane Jono Jameson means absolutely nothing to me is because he's never met Spider Man. He's he's not actively involved with Spider Man. So mm-hmm. to me, I'm just going okay their memories are wiped and my brain's like, okay, what well, to what level? So, but yeah. the thing is there is no answer to that because it has not happened yet. We haven't gotten a conversation. We will find out in the future and I'm curious to see how they, how they go with it. But like I said, it, it doesn't matter right now. They didn't have to answer that question. So it's really going to come down to the future screenwriters yeah. uh, and their, uh, or, or Kevin Feige's direction for, for how he wants it to go. And, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because with his identity being completely concealed again, there is there is no path. There's nothing for him to do but fight crime. So he kind of gets to go back to the basics and there's no world to save. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, if nobody knows him from any of this stuff, then nobody's going to call him either if they do need his help. Right. So um, I am curious because we already knew that Nick Fury was in space because of the end of – yeah. Yeah, uh, home, far from home. Yeah, far from home.
1: Far from home. And, but uh, where has he
0: been since? Do we know? Um, well, was he like he, negotiating Kree stuff, and then
1: yeah. I would think he's working something? with the
0: scrolls because of
1: obviously the end of No Way of uh, uh, Far from Home, but also he's on vacation. Uh, the ending of Wandavision too. You had the one scroll that's like talking to, uh, oh.
0: What's oh, oh! Monica needed to Monica. report to him. Yeah, exactly. So he was uh, so, still on vacation in his yeah. ship. Yeah. So, so that's uh, the last time we saw him. Okay. And once again, because timeline... anybody's gonna know, it's gonna be Nick Fury the first to find out about. Yeah. Tom Holland's Peter Parker.
1: And also, like we still don't really know too much timeline wise, so we don't know.
0: Yeah, like, I'm gonna have to what... watch a video of somebody breaking down this. Thing. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, That's over my head.
1: What's crazy too is, like I pointed this out, is that when you see the maze tombstone, they blur out basically with a flower the date that she died. So it literally says like 19-whatever-to-20 blank because there's a flower that's blocking that date. So it's going to be interesting to see how everything is synced up. I think a lot of people think that the uh WandaVision and Loki timeline like that intersects you know with Kang and um uh, you know Wanda becoming the Scarlet Witch a lot of people think that that's synced up but it it could not be cuz there could be some other stuff going on that we're not aware
0: of yet i don't think they've really addressed this at all well the Kang thing is also a possibility that it is not within time too. Yeah. like there is not yeah there's no real time. knowing
1: you know it, it does sync up really well
0: but I you know, think all no... this latest stuff is just happening basically in the same fall. Yeah. I think that's the best way to think of it as as of now until we're proven wrong. Yeah. Um, and then we do have a an updated timeline involving WandaVision and like we knew that this is gonna be kind of a three part thing, but at the end of Spider Man, we see Doctor Strange go to Wanda in a cabin. So yeah. obviously it's shortly post or not maybe not shortly, but post WandaVision that she's out in the wilderness. So we have specific parts of the MCU with quite obvious transitions. And then the rest of it's like kind of bold together. Because then you have Wong in Mm Shang-Chi and people think maybe the Shang-Chi thing was somewhat similar to like when Wong exited um, in Spider-Man or something like that. So yeah there could be a lot of things going on and, and it's really hard to tell exactly where everything is at at this moment but it, that will be a major part moving forward because we are in an accelerated world where everything's five years ahead yeah and uh it's going to be very interesting to see how well they dot their eyes and and cross their T's when it comes to time, because that's a very important thing now.
1: It very is. It very much so is a very important thing to address. We have to know the timing of all this stuff. Um, Which leads to one other thing that has been on my mind quite a bit recently, Mm -hmm. Uh, not even really regarding the movie. It was the post-credit scene with Venom. Um, We are... We get the post-credit scene with Venom where... We see Tom Hardy's Venom at a bar and they're like having a discussion. It's like him and Venom and the bartender having a discussion with each other. And uh he basically kind of gets I don't want to use the word blipped, but it's the only word I can kind of think of to kind of use for this scenario because of like the spell I don't that's used. What the Yeah. Cuz basically summoned maybe. Yeah.
0: Or summoned back to his reality.
1: Yeah, because at the end of the Spider-Man movie, like all of these villains go back to their realities. Yeah, they're pushing And back. it's like this cool scene where it's almost like they're blipped, but it's like a weird, it's like a different way that they did it. It's an angelic yeah. Yeah. thing. Uh, And we have the same thing happen with Tom Hardy's Venom. However, the Venom symbiote is still there. Yeah, it dripped onto the bar. So... It leaves some questions. It does, and I think there is a possible answer. There's a few. Uh, yeah. Uh, Flash Thompson could easily become Agent Venom because of this. Um, because he has, I think, progressively over every movie so far in this Tom Holland franchise, he's had a bigger role. Like, it's not very... It's always, like, a non-existent minimal role. Yeah, but he, he has, like, a little bit more time in each movie. Um. And there's just always something weird going on with him, you know. Like in this one, he's trying to sell books based on the fact that he's Peter's best friend when he's not. But it's like, it's it's a weird thing. But um,
0: we have yeah. our first
1: Symbiote in the MCU. We have our first Symbiote in the MCU, which is incredible.
0: It, it opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. Um, maybe maybe we see Symbiote Spider-Man. Yeah. Before we see Venom, um, Null is the 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 dream right yeah that whole you know historical um, sense of the symbiotes there's so much possible but we have to remember there this is like a very touchy area between sony and disney so for sure i don't know what we're gonna get i would say my highest ranking is probably first symbiote spider-man yeah um with venom secondary and uh we'll we'll see but you know it's there's going to be plenty of time to speculate because it's going to be a while before we get oh, to another spider-man yeah. movie it's going to be but, a while um we might get some hints from other things in the near future which is the exciting part really um but yeah this i mean this movie it well let's talk about toby um mm-hmm. because he was the guy that i think if one person could appear in this movie that would have satisfied a, the biggest portion of the audience is probably Tobey Maguire easily, um, because he was such a fan favorite for so many people, and it's like it's like the debate of you know the Michael Jordan versus the LeBron thing. Like it's there's such an age chasm, um, and anybody that was born you know in time to see those Spider Men just lauds it because it was so game changing and he did such a good job and the villains were incredible but then there's the, also the the human aspect of Toby Maguire always really appreciated being Spider-Man and he was always just a great like guy outside of the role too and so i think when he came on screen and he was older i think it hit harder to me that like oh my god our Spider-Man grew up <laughs> you know yeah. and, and you kind of look in the mirror and yeah you know we're we're far from spider-man's age but uh you know we were in our like late single digits um when when he was you know donning the mask for the first time yeah and you know now we're late 20s so that was a cool moment um we got fun. we got toby and and toby got got his moment yeah he got his his 20 moments yeah i, mean, I know that was... so much going on i mean what what did toby mcguire spider-man mean to you um growing up and and then seeing him in this movie
1: that meant everything to me man that was my favorite superhero movie for the longest time before that movie came out I distinctly remember Batman Forever being like my favorite superhero movie and I think it was purely because it was like one of very few that I'd ever seen and We had it on VHS and I would just wear this thing out because it was like basically the only access that I had to a superhero at that point. Uh, The X-Men movies were next and I really enjoyed those. But for some reason, it was like harder for me to connect to those in some ways. Um, When I was younger, that is. Uh, And then but Spider-Man, the 2002 Spider-Man with Toby. That was my favorite movie. Um, And favorite iteration of spider-man let alone what happens in spider-man 2 which was i think a better movie but like man like he just we've talked about this too like man that that version of spider-man had heart it had everything that you could possibly want from a spider-man character um So, it it was very tough to even come close to matching that, let alone topping it, because you're just not. Um, The Andrew Garfield movies were pretty good, but they were nowhere near that. No, Nowhere near that. I mean, that's like, it's almost like Heath Ledger Joker. You know, you're going to have different Jokers and different interpretations and stuff like that, but nothing's going to match that. That was just different and... It's own thing. So to see Toby in this movie, I mean, I, I had tears running down my face the entire time because it just meant that much, man. Like that's like it, it's it's like you said with the LeBron and Michael thing. Like it was almost as if like you were actually being able to see both of them play against each other in their primes in a way. Um, because yes, he was aged, but he's still Spider Man. He's doing still that doing that. his thing, and still great at it. So, man, it was it was amazing to see Toby, for I, sure.
0: I think the most obvious thing when you watch Toby Maguire's movies, and we talked about it, is emotion. Yeah, um, it, it was like it's kind of like watching, um, um. Avatar, the the movie with the um, Navi. When you watch uh, Homecoming and Far From Home, and you go, "Wow, there's so much going on here. This is so cool. Look at the graphics. This is amazing." And then you watch like a really sincere, heartwarming movie that's not that visually appealing, um, but there's good characters. There's good stories. And a, a, a warmth to it. That was the Spider-Man movies of Tobey Maguire, and that was the biggest problem with the third movie. Is that some of that warmth and down-home feeling was lost because they got so big. Yeah. Um, Pirates of the Caribbean kind of had a similar problem with their third movie. Mm-hmm. And anytime you go big, it's really hard to maintain uh, that sincerity and that. Um, that feeling that you get from like a low budget film—that is, you can't manufacture. Um, the only way you can make that is by good storytelling. Yeah. So, in this movie, it was almost like Toby and Andrew brought this empathy and this kindness and this this actual theme to Tom Holland's Spider Man mm-hmm. and. We're like, hey, it, it's not it's not all about like who you're saving and why you're saving them. We do this because we have to. Like we are Spider Man and this is what we do. You know, we go through loss. And 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 Tom is convinced that he's the only guy in the world that's going through um, you know, loss and grief. And they're like, We've lost more than you. And look yeah. at us. We continue to fight. Um we we we've been there and done that and we understand how you feel. And it was so cool to see both of them use their credit and cachet to elevate Tom Holland because this movie would not have been possible without those two, when you're talking about the status that it's entering mm-hmm. with um, emotion and greatness. Like he was carrying quite a good movie um, by himself, but when they entered, and the amount of feeling that they brought into it, it just, it rose above a Spider-Man trilogy. It did. It it elevated it into a culmination of emotions. And you can't replace that. Like, Toby and and Andrew, I I didn't even see them as Peter Parker and Peter Parker. I saw them as Toby Maguire playing Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield playing Spider-Man. Because at this point in their life, they are so far above Spider-Man now. They're they're people, um, that it just really drew me in, and I was lost in their scenes, just like in awe. Yeah, I was, I was just like my heart was cheering, um, for them, the people, and it just created this beautiful music on screen, and they all worked so well together, and it was just my first two ever DVDs I owned was Spider-Man and Spider-Man two. And the first video game I ever played a storyline mode was Spider-Man. And so he's got a a major impact in my, my youth. Yeah. And I really, really wanted to like Spider-Man and and I did really enjoy homecoming and far from home. Just, it was a really unfortunate disconnect with emotion. Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll get a little bit further into the storyline, but This, Though there was very good storytelling and characters and everything in this movie, I I left feeling something that I've never felt before with a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie. And ultimately, that is what I wanted. That's what I asked for. Exactly. And they absolutely delivered. And I don't think that was possible, specifically without the blessing that was Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in this film.
1: Absolutely. And we talked about how we had like these moments where uh, things had kind of come to a culmination, like it was a culmination of their story and it was like an ending of their story in a, in a sense. Like, you know, we, we as soon as you see Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man, all of these memories from that Spider-Man movie or those two Spider-Man movies come back and you remember like the pain that he experienced. And yeah, you're seeing him and he's happy go lucky. He's still Peter Parker. He's Spider-Man. He's doing his thing. But for me, it's like every time I saw him or I saw Toby, it was like you could have those flashbacks of those moments in those movies where you saw those emotional scenes. And one of those big things was Gwen Stacy and her death and I believe it was Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And how hurt like, I felt leaving the theater after seeing that. You know what I mean? Like, that was tough to That's watch, shocking. man. It was so shocking. It was... There was a level of expectation for me going into that movie uh, that it was possible she could die. Um, But it, it doesn't really hit until it actually happens. And the way that Toby and Andrew portrayed... Those emotional scenes was just like second to none, man. And you have that awesome scene where MJ's falling in this movie and uh, goblin, yeah, goblin, but you also had like uh, Tom Holland's Spider Man not able to save MJ, and so uh, you had Andrew Garfield's Spider Man come in and he doesn't shoot the webs like he it's like he learned from his previous experiences and he got to save MJ and you could just see the emotion on his face like when his feet hit the ground with her in his arms and she's okay it's like you could just feel all of that
0: and And a beautiful balance with Zendaya going are you okay
1: (laughs) yeah yeah beautiful balance with that because a little
0: bit of humor to add to the we don't want you to sob in your seat. We want you Yeah. To feel, yeah. You know? Yeah,
1: because in all honesty, he couldn't he none of them had to say a word for you to get that message. You know what I mean? He could have just landed on his feet, yeah, teared up, saw that she was okay, put her down on her feet. That could have been the end of the scene and you would have felt enough in that moment to know how big that was. But Man, they did such a good job because it's like they didn't have to do all of this. They could have just brought in Toby and Andrew and they could have just helped him accomplish this mission. But it was so much bigger than just, you know, how can we help these villains? How can we cure these villains and then get and save the day, basically, by sending them all back to their universes? Like, man, like it's just the culmination of all of their movies in these few moments. It was
0: beautifully done. It finished seven storylines.
1: Seven storylines.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. No, it's, like, it's crazy. Yeah, man.
1: That's why I'm saying, dude, I I truly think that this is this is going to be regarded as probably the best Marvel movie we've
0: seen. Maybe for a little bit. <laughs> like I I'm,
1: know that in game is up there and that's tough to beat. But like when you take into account, like there was no expectation of this. I don't think six months ago, eight months ago, there was no expectations for us to feel like this after this movie. There was an expectation to see us. Toby and Andrew.
0: A lot of people did feel like this is maybe the but, upcoming their favorite movie. But Just to Spider Man though.
1: Yeah, but to have the impact that this had as far as finishing seven storylines like that, like, there was no way that anybody could have seen that coming. No No, way. I mean, why would you ever
0: think that Willem Dafoe is going to reprise his role as the Green Goblin after 18 years? Yeah. And Alfred Molina. I mean, this was a pipe dream. Yeah. It It was every little kid's dream that they just said, I'll, I'll back that. Yeah. You know, we can do that, I got yeah. the money. Um, And to have, you know what, it also goes to show, like shout out to uh, Sam Raimi, and I don't know who created Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man but. I don't either. It's it just, it's like, they all wanted to come back. Yeah. Now, yes, there's a big payday, obviously, but you're talking about really well-off actors they didn't need this. Mm-mm. So for them all to say, I would love to do this, you know, let's let's keep it going. Um, let's pay off. Let's give the fans one last ride. That's amazing. That's really cool. Yeah. And for Toby and Andrew to put their egos aside a little bit because they were not the stars of this show. Um, they were here to elevate Tom and they happily did it, you know. And so for them to kind of just go let's let's give them let's give them one one moment, you know, one movie and we're going to set up the next generation of of Spider-Man fans to remember there there's a previous. And and Tom Tom's good, you know. Embrace Tom. He he's got this. Yeah. And that's really cool. Like again, a lot of people regard um toby is the best spider-man he he could have just sat back in his recliner and said yep (laughs) (laughs) and had no interest in in helping out tom but um tom needed a little bit of a pick-me-up because of the previous two movies and a little bit of a lack of emotion and and then when they 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 picked him up he jumped like tom was incredible in this movie his emotion the the special effects people were fantastic when he got his his body exploded about four different times. Um, his facial expressions were great. His uh, I, I talked about in the preview about how it's so much comedy in these Spider-Man movies and this one was very serious. And the only jokes that were really being thrown out were often uh, amongst the, the spider men which is, very much supposed to be a comedic scene when you have three Spider Men in a room. Yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but when when Tom was faced with real consequences, he buckled down. Yeah. Absolutely. He fought back. Um and he he lost his his aunt, his aunt, his whatever however you say it. But he he felt loss within his immediate family because of him for the first time. And it has forever changed his trajectory. And I think for the absolute best, um, I can't wait to see it because even in Tony's death, he left him uh, a shield. Yeah. And so that, and- you know, it's one thing for a mentor to die. It's another thing for your, your only family you have to be lost. Right. So hat tip to everybody involved here. And Tom, well done. This is what we wanted to see. And it's not just Tom. It's the writers and you know everybody that goes into this. The music was great. Um, a lot of cool stuff happened in this movie.
1: And I think to your point, this is only going to get better because one thing to really take into account here when you're wrapping up this movie, because everybody doesn't know Peter Parker is Spider-Man, all of that stuff that was given to him, that shield that Tony Stark created for Peter Parker, much like the shield that was going up on the Statue of Liberty, has fallen. It's no longer there. Like, at the end of this movie, you see Tom Holland, Peter Parker, actually creating his own suit. And he has a new suit at the end of this movie in a cheap apartment. In a cheap apartment like he is like at the lowest we've seen him, but at the same time it's actually like at the highest too because of his experiences and like it, man, like the where this next trilogy can go is just insane. Like this this next trilogy easily could be the best Spider Man trilogy we've ever had. Easily, without doubt, without a doubt. Um and it's because of everything set up in this one movie. It's incredible, man. Like man, I, I...
0: Well and one thing I said right after is that no villains were used that we yeah. haven't already seen. Yeah. Which is beautiful because Spider Man has such a huge um, you know, selection. And they they have all of their their guys left. Everybody waiting on deck is just, you know, they want their next um their next uh, shot at him, and so now the sky's the limit. And he's he gets to be Spider Man now. And now every Spider Man movie we see moving forward, we have this wave of emotion from the previous ones that solidify him now. Like we don't need to see the origin now. This this was his origin. Mm -hmm. It it was a different origin, but it was his origin and it works. It works and it's emotional. It makes sense. And now we know why he does this thing. We know what his motivation is. Um, We know he's a seasoned vet at this moment. He's ready to lead. He show he he has leadership skills, even among his own Spider-Man. He's elevating others around him. And now when he's broken down into nothing, how do you respond? And that's our next journey with him. Don't know where that takes us, but I'm fascinated to see. And I mean, how many people said it's not going to get better than Endgame? You know, that's that's it. Yeah. Right. And
1: they got shut down immediately. I after mean, this. right away. <laughs> yeah.
0: And that's why I also say, like, be careful, yeah. <laughs> because this movie was great, but in two to three years, we might have three or four that were better than it in just that time oh, period. Dude, like Thor could. Be, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I'm not saying it's going to. No. Yeah. Um, but that's that. This movie um, showed you it can get better than Endgame. Now, with that being said, what Shang-Chi showed me is that there's so much left to explore and you don't have to be better than Endgame. Right. That's what that showed yeah. me. But Spider-Man showed me, oh, no, 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 no. We, can we do have plenty left here. Yeah. We, <laughs> we have a lot of things left to talk about. <laughs> Don't yeah. don't leave so soon. Right. But Shang-Chi was like, "Oh, this is a great movie and this is just Oh, this is just one character?" That's cool. You know, right. we can do that too. So the idea that like Endgame was was the best it's ever going to get is so ridiculous at this point. And you have to think so much left.
1: How much went into Endgame? I mean, that was 10-11 years of storylines culminating and so of course it's going to be like the greatest thing you've seen,
0: or yeah, uh, it was whatever. twenty. Like it's like two yeah. mov- twenty-one movies exactly. Yeah, it's Spider-Man all was up seven, seven or eight. Yeah.
1: So, man, this I just can't say enough. I want to, I I want to already go and see the next one. Like, like I'm just so amped up for Spider Man now. Like, I I I had my doubts about. The Tom Holland Spider Man movies, like you know, like we we're saying, like six months ago, like you, you, there was doubts, but you know, the 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 possibilities are endless now with this with this guy, and yeah, I do think that Symbiote Spider Man could be on the way, uh, because I could easily see how the next movie could be something like you know Kraven coming in. Yeah. And the hunt is on. Uh maybe Peter Parker is left for dead and then the symbiote attaches itself to him. And then that's where things really heat up, but uh man, there's just so many there's almost too many possibilities now for it's Spider-Man. Spider-Man. You know? Yeah, this is incredible. It's uh,
0: the city the city has spoken. You know? Yeah.
1: And and that's another thing too. Maybe we get more of that like city uh cityscape, city storytelling kind of viewpoint in these next movies with him now that was kind of missing in these others. Um so man, it's just this was this was beautiful,
0: man. Like He's if a I could friendly neighborhood Spider-Man.
1: Yeah. And and I don't I don't do this often. I don't I don't think uh, but like, if I was to rate this movie, man, out of ten or something like that, it would be like, geez, like an eleven out of eleven point five out of ten. You know what I mean? Like, this was incredible, incredible movie for me. Um, because like I said, dude, like we got Matt Murdock to show up, and that's the it least became an afterthought. <laughs> it became such an afterthought. Yeah. So like, oh my goodness, man! Like, what a movie. Who was your what favorite a... villain? Who's my favorite villain in this in this film? Um, I I think it's kind of easy. Man, Green Goblin yeah. was he stole the show. Willem Dafoe was out there putting in work. Yeah, uh, it was really cool to see uh Electro with the arc reactor as well, and that as an OG was... suit too. Yeah, well, not, you know the the form of well, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but they that...
0: they do a great job at taking the original costume and updating it.
1: Yeah, um. It was so cool. One of the things too, they got all of the original actors to reprise their roles. Yeah, which is incredibly difficult to do. Um, and it just shows you the impact that those movies had on those people, you know? especially
0: the the first guys. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's you. I'm I'm doing other things. That super. I'm not doing superhero movies anymore. That's not my thing. Yeah. No, they were like. Yeah. And we'll do a press tour. How about that? Right. That's incredible. Crazy. Incredible. And I I said in the car um that if you ever wanted to see Willem Dafoe as the Joker, yeah, go see Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Because this is his version of the Joker because he um the the Goblin like takes over his body for the majority of this movie and he really puts on just a twisted psychopathic performance um, as Norman Osborn. And it's just incredible. And his facial expressions and his laugh and his maniacal, um, you know, justification for things and his inability to process empathy. It was really incredible. And and he's probably better than the first movie of of Spider-Man. Like, he had a more significant role in this one than he did in his actual movie where he was the main villain
1: yeah absolutely
0: and and jamie as a, a comedic uh villain was was fantastic where he, he's like here to to beat people up but he's like got these little funny little quips along the way and he's got they kind of gave you a reason for him looking different as in like he came to this universe and now he's he has access to all this new power and he's like I like this power. This feels good, you know, better than what I'm used to. And so he's like more powerful than he was before. And he's floating above power lines. That's such a cool thing. And the Sandman still with his, uh, I just want to get to my daughter. You know, like everybody was the same dude. They just popped out of a movie from uh, 8 to 12 to 20 years ago and just showed up and was like, hey. I'm ready. The set must have been amazing.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, And what I think they did a really good job of, too, in portraying, because most of the scenes where they're fighting the villains, it's a subset of the villains, and the Green Goblin is kind of on his own. And I think that they do that intentionally because it's like this other story that's going on within the villains. Like, they're not all on the same page. No, and that's why they lost. Well, yeah, but, like, more than that, because most of the villains... Have this like me against the world mentality like the world did them wrong the world mistreated them and and all this other stuff but with the green goblin it's very much like this revenge hatefulness that's not expressed by any other villain like not even anywhere close because, yeah, like you said, like the Electro character is like, oh, this power is insane compared to what I'm used yeah, to. Yeah, he just wants and to keep his power. Yeah, I just want to maintain this power because, yeah, the world did me wrong. world treated me wrong. Like, you have those really cool conversations with him in Sandman where they're talking about that, how the world treated them wrong. And um, that was their motivating factor. Uh, but for the Green Goblin... It's like he's lost it so much that all his motivating factor is pure hate, pure hate, pure evil. So that's why there is this just this weird it's just this different feeling. Like when all of those other villains are fighting these Spider-Men, you have this you have a a really cool feeling because it's like, oh, man, like these are all like there's three Spider-Men fighting like four different villains at the same time. Well, three different villains because Melina's character is kind of like a hero at the end of the day but you have all this stuff going on and then it's like green goblin enters and it's like the entire mood changes once he once he enters and uh and i think that that's expressed in a very unique way i, I loved this the way that they did that
0: yeah well and they 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 would have won most likely if they had just like Formed a powwow and talked to each other and figured yeah. out the strategy because literally Doc Ock shut Electro down. He was the one that stopped Electro, and it wasn't even the good Doc Ock. It was I'm gonna do it myself. Yeah, he's like, don't help me. I'm su- it's ego. Yeah. Anytime you have these villains, it's like Draken and Impossible. Like, dude could have had so many plans work, but they were all foiled because he talked too long. And yeah, exposed his plan. Um, and yeah, I mean, the Green Goblin was just like another step, like every time he entered the screen, it was like, "Uh uh-oh, who's dying now? Right, right. (laughs) He was out to kill. Yeah. And he did. And, And even at the end, you're like, oh God, he stabbed Toby. And you're like, well, I guess that's not going to kill him, right? And then he's like, I've been stabbed before. And you're like, yes. <laughs> yes he made it. <laughs> yeah. um, but in that moment when he stabs him, you're like, oh, oh you're my like, God, he no. killed Toby, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're like, zap him, hurry, quick, before he dies or however this works. I don't know. Yeah. But I, how much did – is it bad that I wanted him to kill Green Goblin? I kind of wanted him to complete the – Tom Holland? I did. It kinda, is bad. I wanted him to to stab him through the chest. And I I wanted, like, happy, beautiful moment and then, like, bad Tom Holland. Uh, There was part of me that was, like, hoping for a heel turn there at the end, but it just wouldn't have made as much sense with all the story that was going on. I just love when good guys do bad stuff. It's it's amazing. When they cross that line. Yeah, Yeah, he kills the guy that's trying to kill him. I think that's the one place where it's acceptable, but... Spider Man's technically not supposed to kill, though they've certainly you know They've killed. They've at but, least let people die. Yeah.
1: There's that conversation, you know, that they have and that's that's the heartbeat of yeah, I mean, the motives there. And it's uh He didn't listen. <laughs> like four minutes about later to he's not, killing somebody. Yeah, he's about to not, <laughs> not listen. Four minutes like forty, but he's about to not listen. He was he was really about to
0: kill him. Yeah. And Toby's like, I got Toby's you. like, Hey, I've been there. Like, remember? Yeah. <laughs> Just staring into his eyes. Yeah. And there's this beautiful moment where he's looking at him and Tom's like, Okay. And then and you just hear <laughs> yeah. that knife go through and you're like, Oh my God, tell me But it's also like so cool because it's like
1: this like uh this expression of like all of these villains aren't necessarily Evil, even Green Goblin. No, because Green Goblin Norman, literally
0: went to his aunt for help.
1: Yeah, like, Norman went to the aunt for help. Like, Norman isn't just a bad guy. He just, you know, if you've watched the first movie, you know. Like, he just, he was desperate, and it cost him his
0: yeah. true self. His funds were taken away, and he, he had yeah. to do it himself, and... It, didn't work out and it created this dr jekyll and mr hyde thing
1: yeah so it's it's also really sad you know because it's like you get that really cool scene where like they inject him with that serum and he's like what have i done you know and that's just wow it just adds a whole other layer to everything that's going on you know and you get those moments where the villains are subdued and they're like oh my gosh like it's almost like they're like man thank you from for like Relieving this weight off my shoulders. Right. So, it's so cool.
0: I loved the uh so I one thing I was kind of right about was the like the prisons of Doctor Strange using that box to capture the the villains. Um and I love getting more and more into Doctor Strange lore because there's so much cool stuff that he has access to. Yeah. And this like dungeon that he has where he can trap people and um it very interesting that it wasn't necessarily that, well, it wasn't at all that Doctor Strange was like the villain of this movie, which sometimes in some trailer scenes it looked a little weird. Um, He was just like an odd Doctor Strange. Like, he's changed. Yeah, he, he's changed he's a little bit.
1: He's a little different. He's a little more relaxed. He's a little more- Well, he's uh, not the
0: Sorcerer Supreme. I suppose that goes a long way. He doesn't have to way. worry about protecting the world all the time. Right. And, he's in a hoodie. <laughs>
1: yeah, and he just wants to do what he can to save people that he can. You know, like he's not tied down to something anymore. Uh, he's got insane abilities, but like, yeah, he's not being held in a high regard, um, or like held accountable, in in that way. Uh, so this was a different Doctor Strange, and. Yeah, it was really cool to see him in those moments. And I think what what's really sad about this entire thing is that Doctor Strange is not going to know Peter either. Yeah. And because right at the end of that movie, you actually had like this real emotional scene with the two of them where Doctor Strange is just like, man, this kid's really... He's done everything. He's gone above and beyond any expectation in helping these villains. And he's willing to sacrifice literally everything now. Yeah. Just for the greater good. And he didn't even want to let him do it. He didn't want to. Yeah. He like, didn't worry, want to. I Can fix this. Yeah. And Yeah, that, man, like it's it's really sad that you're not going to have that anymore potentially,
0: but what's very interesting is to me I would think that Wong is more powerful than Doctor Strange now. He's had 5 more years of studying yeah. and knowledge. Yeah. And he has access to everything the of Supreme has access to. So, moving forward, that really creates some in- interest and you know, we saw in the final scene that Mordo's back. Um he's got like um uh, dreads now, so or, or some some sort of hairstyle that he's uh yeah. He's I, it was always hard to buy him 100% a hundred percent as a villain because of it's felt like the original Sorcerer Supreme had such flaw, yeah, um, or flaws that um, I don't know. It was weird because we were still getting to know that that whole world, and it was like what's what's ethical, what's not. But I love that Mortal's back. I think we all kind of figured he was one of the the people that was going to return, and I mean that that trailer at the end was it was so fast and there was like, it was like a, it felt like a tornado. Yeah. And I was inside the tornado watching it. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I had just watched this long movie with emotion and, and action drained. and you're tired and all of a sudden they throw like this nonstop action trailer at you and I was like, oh my God, no, make it stop. Like, can I capture this and, and watch it in like 10 minutes? Mm. Um, But it looks like um, Doctor Strange is going to Wanda basically for help uh, related to something and we have Mordo, we have um, God, I was Shumagorath. Yep, Shumagorath. Um You have Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean in New York City. What what the heck's going on, man? I'm not even gonna speculate.
1: <laughs> not even going to expect it. (laughs) You you were looking through the tornado too. Well, no, it's not even that. It's just that we now know that there's this precedent set where you know, they're going to introduce three people that could be the main villain and they're going to give you all the information that you want to make it seem like this one person is the true villain and then it's the wool will be pulled over your eyes. and It was the person you least expected the entire time. So yeah, I'm not in the game of this anymore, man. Like that, it's hard. It, it's so incredibly hard um, because, yeah, that's easily three people, three beings that could easily four that could easily be the villain of the movie. Uh and yeah, there's we've we've already seen a precedent now too with the trailers being completely different scenes yeah. that weren't even in the movie. So, yeah. What did you think of the mirror
0: dimension in this movie? I mean, we got some really cool scenes. Yeah, Yeah, it was almost Inception-like. Yeah, that was so neat. It was really pretty. Like, the visuals were were pretty awesome. Yeah,
1: they were beautiful. That was, I think, the best fight scene of the movie in a way. Uh, Just because of how weird and crazy and wacky it was. And also just showed Spider-Man's intelligence. yeah, yeah. Because, like, he used math to figure out the mirror dimension and then used it against Dr. Strange. And he put him in a literal
0: spider web. Yeah.
1: And he won. Like he won his one V one. Yeah. One V. Wong V. Wong. Wong V. (laughs) Wong. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, this, uh, that was incredible, man. Um, it's great. And I'm so looking forward now. We're going to have to wait a while apparently, but, uh, it's going to go by so fast. I mean, yeah, it, we're well, already we were talking about this movie a long time ago and here we are. Yeah, it's pretty so. crazy
0: that it's it's come and gone and I yeah. definitely want to see it again soon, probably sometime this week. I want to let the let it kind of leave my brain a little bit so I can focus on little details we missed. Yeah. Um Yeah, this was this is such a fun experience. And for everybody that's out there that did see it, like let us know your thoughts because i, I want to talk to everybody in the world about this movie yeah um it was so much fun and i mean there's so much to the going for it and i hope everybody that was involved in the production for the fir- first two series got to go to this movie and know that their hard work into those movies was not um for not at the end of the day it was it was something that built to a greater ending mm-hmm. and uh it was just so much fun and Tom Holland was fantastic. You know, Toby, Andrew, thank you for returning and reprising your roles. Happy. I'm sorry for your loss. Um Yeah. <laughs> that that yeah. hurts, man. He Definitely. he lost his his what he thought was his love and they just broke <laughs> up like right before that. Yeah. Um What what was going on with uh Stark Stark's place? Mm-hmm. had they had like a hotel room or um what would you call that um oh happy's
1: hotel room
0: well when they were at like stark Foundation or whatever what what is it place that they were like hiding once they they left the apartment and they went over to wherever it was
1: yeah, that was just happy's hideout basically like he well, didn't had it say like apartment. stark
0: technologies though at
1: the, the place little, that they went to the little <laughs> container did that turned into that I big, thought the whole building thing, was but... stark. I, I didn't see Stark on the building, huh. but I also wasn't really paying attention to that. Well, it zoomed so. out.
0: For, at a, it had a sign in front. It, like, zoomed out, and then there's, like, this super high-tech-looking building. It's possible, um, easily. I'm I mean, not sure. I, these things, we, we have to confirm. I mean, we saw this one time, yeah, one time. You know what I mean? So. Um, <laughs> and then it had the, the Stark tech built into the room because of the old that boy one, that uh, was the robot. Yeah. Um. So and, I was thinking it was there, like, place of work or whatever right we got Um, dummy in this yeah which was awesome yeah small role nonetheless how great though was the like i called it the dinner party but like having all the villains over in this this room where it's all these really bad people and they're stuck in this this room with with peter trying to synthesize things to to fix their ills
1: well, that's so cool. It's so funny. Tom was basically playing the
0: doctor. Yeah, right? And
1: uh, it was so cool that he fixed Doc Ock. Yeah. And quickly, that was too. pretty much the premise of everything because he was no longer a villain at that point because he had control of everything. And that was the whole idea of the Doc Ock character was that he was only a villain because that inhibitor chip was broken. Yeah.
0: So, he wanted to change the world for the better.
1: Yeah. And he got that too he got that idea too because i mean let's face it man he was he was a hero turned into a villain
0: and turned back into a hero turned back into a
1: hero so
0: and it was all going well until green goblin took over norman's body and started talking electro out of wanting to be a part of this and that was kind of the beginning of the end storyline yeah um norman Norman Norman. Storm and Norman. <laughs> Storm and Norman. Yeah. He he really was the true centerpiece villain of this movie. And I mean, when when that bomb went off in in Peter's face and May was just below him, that was an emotional scene. Um it, it felt it felt like May was not gonna survive that blast because yeah. that was way too close. I mean, it almost took out Peter you could see his face looking a little Tony Starkish there. Yeah. Um and then she got up and I'm like how strong is this woman? Like she just took a bomb like 3 feet from her face and is like moving around and it looks okay and boy she didn't make it. I mean she was she was moving around and and, and Peter did not Peter's movements were interesting because he went from like oh everything's okay, we're going to be we're going to be fine to seeing how much she was bleeding and then going into an almost protective mode of like he only screamed for ambulance one time i do remember that yeah and then as soon as he saw that nobody cared he went back to her and he was like let me just comfort her because something's very wrong here and then she like slowly slipped away and died and then he couldn't believe it yeah it it was very interesting and obvious like they've done their research with like death. Yeah. Because I think he went grief. through the stages of grief sitting with her. Yeah. It was really quite incredible and well done by Tom um, and Marissa for staring into the distance for a yeah. long time. <laughs> yeah. But Tom was great in that scene. And, oh, yeah. And, and she, like, you were like, maybe May dies and then, you're like, but she could survive and then Green Goblin's like, one more. <laughs> he just throws another <laughs> yeah. bomb. Yeet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and so, and then the guy He's shoots evil, him, man. And oh the my god! Peter and the cop the shoots shoulder. Peter. So, yeah, he. And then they arrest Happy. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, yeah. man! What kind of police are these? Yeah, it was, wow, that was. It that was, a, was it was crazy. a great scene. I mean, the, scene. the emotion in that scene was really incredible, and we we got that you know, um, with great power comes great responsibility, and whatever way she said it, I can't remember, but yeah it was it was so cool that that scene really gave spider-man a backbone
1: yeah absolutely and it it uh it turned this tom holland spider-man into something completely different than what we'd had in the previous two movies and so i think that was the goal for me for this movie and that goal was not only accomplished but it just like it was like Breaking through a glass ceiling in a sense, you know. Uh,
0: so yeah, this was it was just phenomenal, phenomenal movie. Well, what was your favorite part? Um, if you could narrow it down to, to that, Ooh. What let's really see. Sparked you.
1: Uh, there's a few that would be in that category. It's kind of hard to choose at the moment, but
0: uh, it's there's I no would, final answers here, but something. Something the fans can make. Obviously, you know Matt Murdock.
1: Matt Murdock kind of set the tone because it was so early in the movie that he comes in that it's like, oh, okay, we're gonna get a good movie here. You know, like this is gonna be really, 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 really good. Uh, as soon as uh Ned opens the portal and that Spider-Man turns around, as soon as I saw the eyes, I knew exactly <laughs> who that was. So I was like freaking out in that moment. Uh, so that would that would be probably. Number two, and then just uh, Toby's entrance as well. Those were those were great, and the scenes where they were working together, those were awesome scenes, like in the lab, and uh,
0: yeah. So twelve,
1: <laughs> four, uh, and I I would add a fifth. You actually, said scenes about three different times too. <laughs> I would add a fifth in there. The um, the one at the end. Where you see that Peter's made his own suit?
0: I had one, one come to mind where, I mean, everybody knows this, but when he just starts teeing off on the Green Goblin. I mean, yeah, he's good. got him back down and he's in finishing mode, like Mike Tyson punch out. <laughs> yeah. He, we've never, ever, I don't even think we've seen him punch anybody <laughs> like yet. You know, he's like yeah. gotten in these little martial art combat fights, but he was like, boom. Boom, boom. And I was like, whoa, Spider Man? Like Yeah, I know. That that's was crazy. What are you doing? I just I loved seeing that. Cause now, forever, it, it, we will know that he's capable of some crazy stuff and he's not doing it for a reason. He like he was basically saying, Hey, stop messing with me. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you. And now we know he he's got it within him. Um funniest moment. Funniest moment
1: was the web shooter thing for me when uh, yeah. Peter asked, does, like, Where does, does it come, come out of? Yeah. D- d- can it come out of other places other than your wrists? <laughs> and that was
0: funny. Mine is definitely Peter. Yeah. And they all point at each all other. three were like. We, uh, got, yep. we got the Spider Man meme of pointing at each other. It, there's no way they could have like recreated it absolutely perfectly with the masks on and everything. It just wouldn't make sense, the storyline, but they fit in. a. Everybody looks up and points at each other with the Peter and. Mm-hmm. So, it was, it was fantastic. Um, saddest moment of the movie for you?
1: Mm. Uh, I'm going to go the not typical one. I would say the saddest moment of the movie is actually him realizing that everybody's now forgotten who he is and not being able to have those conversations with Ned and
0: MJ. Kay. The only point of the movie that I like even came close to tearing up was... When he was talking on the rooftops with this other Spider-Man, so that would have to be the one just based on physical reaction for me. I was like, "Whoa, they they've been through a lot, man." And then there was also a little bit of joy in the like. It was really emotional, you know, all this stuff going on. Um, but that was that was an interesting uh scene, and and with an honorable mention to the moment that he catches MJ. Um, yeah, that's a good. one. I was one. like, "Oh God, memories." Yeah. Um Happiest moment of the movie.
1: Happiest moment of the movie. Um. <laughs> and, and no, I'm not talking about happy. Happy. <laughs> yeah. I would say the happiest moment of the movie would, for me, would be uh, just seeing Toby and Andrew. That's that's it. Like, once they came through their portals, once we had that, that was it. That was, to me, that was the happiest moment.
0: I think for me, it was uh, the three of them in, in the lab talking about science. Yeah. That was That's a fun. good one. That's um, fun. Just kind of uh, yeah, it, it was just very interesting. Um, biggest wow for the future moment.
1: Symbiote. Oh, not Daredevil. Yeah, symbiote. Interesting. Um uh Daredevil, obvious, but sure. yeah, symbiote.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Um
1: because here's the thing. Some people might take that as Tom Hardy's Venom is now no more in the MCU, but that's not always the case. Like they can actually yeah, I mean, bring him possible. in at any point. Um, I think this just sets up other stuff like it sets up symbiote Spider-Man or, or or whatever. Um, If he does any kind of research into this or what have you or. Maybe we have some sort of origin story in Thor with Noel, like there's a lot of stuff that could that could happen here, so
0: I think mine was probably towards the end when I realized how just one little thing going wrong with Doctor Strange can bring in every single person who's ever known Spider man you yeah. know from the sky, yeah, um, so for me, the wow is anytime Doctor. Strange is involved, look out because he could change things at a drop of a dime and you don't know what's actually going to be changed mm. but uh it just like it didn't actually affect anything but I'm like what what is that dude like capable of I was a little bit scared um yeah yeah that was that was an interesting uh His... moment because I was just like are they coming in here like yeah what are we about to get? Is there's a third act that I don't know about? His, uh, his, his power is hitherto
1: undreamt of. Right, whatever
0: that means. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. And then best villain, we've both said Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, biggest nostalgia moment um, of the Spider Man. Mm. What, what was the not not an overarching thing, but the moment that you were like heartful.
1: Ooh. Um Hmm, that's tough. Biggest heartfelt moment. Uh Well, nostalgic, like nostalgic moment. Heart yeah. heartfelt moment. Um I don't know, man. I think it's just seeing the suits again. You know, like seeing yeah. the designs on the back of each suit and kind of knowing which one was which cuz you'd think that it would be kind of hard but it's not. Their suits are so drastically different from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, just just seeing those like different insignias on their suits and stuff like that. That was right. that was it for me.
0: I mean, I was thinking the Gwen Stacy uh, MJ moment, however. Yeah. When they all landed on the tower together at the exact same time. Yeah. It was, like, yeah. so cool. it was like, whoa, that's so cool. It's just it's this flooding of emotion. Um, yeah, it really took my breath away. Um, I would love to get into the um multiverse of madness trailer in a in an episode in the near future mm. and we can start talking more about what we think about that stuff. But I just really want to get your your final thoughts on this experience, um, I won't even call it a movie, this this whole experience that is these video games and movies and years of having posters on walls and yeah. real life actors and yeah. production uh, assistants and m- music score makers and all this that led to the pleasure that we got to experience uh, by watching this movie last night. What? Well, what are your your thoughts on on what we were able to um, accomplish, I guess? You know, we were just sitting there watching, but we all kind of had a piece in this.
1: You know, there's something that I'm going to do when I leave here and uh, go back to my apartment. And um, that's actually go into my toy room. And for a very specific reason, it's because of this, that... Like, I'm a Marvel Legends collector. I love the action figures. They're awesome. But I was such a huge fan of those Tobey Maguire movies that, and I didn't even know it at the time, but the very first Marvel Legend I ever owned was a Spider Man. And, like, the second one was a Spider Man that was made in the, uh, with the, uh, like, deco in mind of that Toby Maguire Spider Man. And then I had a Green Goblin and Doc Ock and all this stuff and like just those fond memories of childhood from that. Uh like you said, the video game too, uh and just rewatching the movies millions of times as a kid, like the posters, everything man. Like all of that culmination uh, I, I, you can't even like put that into words, man. Like that is just unreal because I think a lot of times, a lot of those memories are missed because we don't think about this stuff all the time. You know, it, it's impossible to because that stuff was like 20 years ago. It's hard to remember a lot of this stuff.
0: Yeah. We re- rewatched it and we're like, Oh, yeah. I don't even remember this topic, let alone but, this scene.
1: Yeah, but not even in that vein either, like just in life. Like it's just hard to sometimes like really sit and think about stuff that was like going on in your life like oh, 20 yeah. years like, ago. And like when you...
0: Every five years, I forget 50% of what happened yeah. previously. Yeah.
1: So like, man, like when I'm when I'm seeing Selby McGuire on screen, like I'm, I'm literally thinking about like when I would go to the theater with my sister to see this movie, you know, when we were kids, when we were younger, like, man, it was just like this incredibly like emotional experience for me, man. Cause it's like all this stuff, like kind of flooded back in a way. So yeah, this was a, that's what I'm saying, man. Like this has such a huge impact for so many people. It's going to be tough to top. Like, because there's not going to be a lot that, that you can compare this to. Uh, you can co- maybe can make it a comparison to Endgame, but Endgame didn't have that kind of payoff that this did. There's a different type of payoff. And so, and, and this was just completely unexpected in so many different ways. So, yeah, I, I'm, this was one of the best experiences I've ever had with a movie in general.
0: It was awesome. I yep. loved it. It was so much fun. Um I wanted to say thank you to everybody who does end up listening to this. You guys give us an outlet to talk about what we're thinking, what we're feeling, and what we're noticing on these these screens that are showing these wonderful movies. Um we are a mosquito on a Galactus when it comes to <laughs> you know our relevance in the Marvel universe. We're not we're not fooling anybody with that. Yeah. But to us it's our daily lives. Like this is, this is everything. So we look forward to watching these shows and these movies and these, um, trailers and everything and talking about it, uh, with each other. And then ultimately with you guys, once we, we bounce it off each other's heads and it's just so much fun. So thank you for allowing us to, to do this with you. And I hope we get increased engagement because this was such a great movie. I think a lot of people would be very excited to talk about it. Um, be careful with, uh, your friends and spoilers, make sure they've watched the movie yeah. before you bring up something to them. Yeah. Um, I, I said something last night that I was, I almost saw Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield playing themselves rather than Peter Parker and Spider Man. And the reason that hit so hard is because of um, Tobey Maguire, in a way, never kind of was able to make it past being Spider Man. And so his greatest strength ultimately might have been his greatest uh, weakness in Hollywood because it's hard to cast Spider-Man for any other role once he's so iconic. Um, and Andrew, though he has not had that same kind of illness with um, that, you know, the ability to get roles and stuff like that or anything related to that, um, he lost his mother recently and he was able to become a part of this Spider-Man family. And uh, again, I should say, um, and that's just an awesome thing. And I said this to Spencer, but I think it's worth everybody hearing. If you haven't watched it before, uh, Andrew Garfield went on Stephen Colbert and had a fantastic quote when talking about his mother. And uh, I think this is a, a line that a lot of people will appreciate and can, can take uh, solace in if you ever have lost somebody that you, you truly love. And uh, when, when asked about how difficult it is and the problems that he was going through, He said, quote, this is all the unexpressed love, the grief that will remain with us until we pass because we never get enough time with each other. So at the end of the day, why we do this, this show, is to connect with you guys and to connect with the Marvel Universe. And I've said many a time, like, I don't have to be rich because Marvel makes really good movies. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So my, my budget for fun is like, 20 bucks a month. (laughs) You know, that's that's all it really has to be as long as they keep kicking butt with these movies and TV shows. Mm. So we just appreciate you guys uh, giving us a chance to talk to you and have fun and hang out and do stuff like this. Um, It's not always easy to bring new content all the time, but every time we get a chance to, we try to. And uh, if you enjoyed the movie and you enjoyed this review, um, don't be afraid to give us a like or a comment or a review. Check us out on Facebook at The Marvel Guys Podcast, Um, Twitter and Instagram at the same name. And uh, if you guys want to ask us any questions or just talk to us in general, we're very responsive, mostly on Facebook. And we have, you know, sometimes discussion posts and if you guys interact with our actual posting of the uh, episode, then that is the easiest way to kind of get a conversation rolling for that time. So. Uh, Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you next time very soon. Peace.